0: Let me sing you a song about the people that I love. The poets and philosophers, the workers and the
1: wanderers.
0: Hi, this is Joe Jenks, and you're listening to My Highway Home, celebrating music, art, culture, and community from the driver's seat. This week on My Highway Home, I interview Al Parrish and Wendy Pearl, Al has been a stalwart part of the Canadian folk and rock scene for nearly 40 years. From two decades with Tanglefoot, to solo work, to his collaborations with Richie Parrish Richie, to being a radio news announcer, Al has had a diverse and marvelous career. Al's wife Wendy is a midwife, a healer, a devout musical supporter, and now a house concert host. Together they have shared the journey of partnership through the ups and downs of the road, diverse careers, parenting, and romance. Stay tuned to hear more of their story. This episode will also feature music and songs, all from Canadian artists. Galicia, Dave Gunning, Maria Dunn, Richie parrish Richie, Ken Whiteley, Gathering Sparks, Ariane Marie Lemire, Susie Vinnick, Kim Beggs, and of course, Al Parrish.
2: J'entends les moulets taques. J'entends les moulets tic tic tac. J'entends les moulets taques. J'entends les moulets tic tic tac. J'entends les moulets taques. Tic-tac, j'entends le boulet, tac-tac. J'en fais à toi pignon J'entends le moulin, tac-tac. Sans toi charpentiers qui le font, tic tik tic tac J'entends le moule, tic-tic-tac. J'entends le boulet, tac J'entends le boulet, J'entends le tik tic Jante la le tik tic-tac. J'entends le tic tac Dadara <laughs> dirina. J'entends Jean- Jean- le moulin tic tic tac que j'entends le moulin tac J'entends le moulin tic tic tac que j'entends le plus jeune c'est mon mignon. J'entends Jean- ta- ta- la- ta- que- UP- le moulin tac Qu'apporte tu, mon petit fripant tic 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 tac J'entends le moulin tic tic tac que j'entends le moulin tac J'entends le moulin tic tic tac que j'entends le moulin tac Qu'apporte tu, mon de trois pigeons tic tic tac tic 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 tac tic tic tac tic tic tac tic tic tac tic tac j'entends le moulin
0: Hi, this is Joe Jenks, and you're listening to My Highway Home on Folk Music Notebook. I'm here in Kitchener, Ontario with Al Parrish and Wendy Pearl, and uh, they are uh, deeply invested in the folk music scene in Canada and in North America. Uh, Al has been a touring artist for several decades, uh, both as a soloist and uh, quite famously with the group Tanglefoot, and now RPR, Richie Parrish, Richie all those things um, yeah, all those things yeah. and more uh, radio personality and producer and uh, wendy is um in addition to being married to al and we'll get into why that made sense to her um, <laughs> 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 uh, um, uh, is also um, a healer and uh, uh, a midwife and uh, they co-parent and uh, have shared many aspects of the journey together for the last two decades And uh, So, Wendy and Al, thanks for joining us today.
3: You're welcome, Joe. It's nice to be here. Yeah, it's good
0: to be
4: here.
3: Yeah. Uh, So,
0: um, in addition, you've recently started uh, hosting house concerts. Um, And uh, on my highway home, we haven't yet talked to uh, house concert uh, hosts or producers. And I'm curious, what made you decide that you wanted to go through all the effort of transforming your home into a concert hall?
4: Uh, I, I guess I was the, I don't know, brains behind that idea. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love listening to live folk music. That's actually how I met Alan um, and uh, decided that since there, there was, there is some around the, the area, but I thought, why not bring it into my own home? Um, and so we just started doing this. Uh, we've done two of them and they've been highly successful. So I just, I mean, if you don't, if you don't have it, make it. So we brought it into the home.
0: That's great. Yeah, that's great. Well, as one of the two people who's had the privilege of playing here, thank you for those efforts. Um, house concerts are a, a stalwart part of the folk scene in Canada and in the U.S. Uh, so much so that uh, Mitch Badalek and several of his companions out in Winnipeg, uh, um, almost 15 years ago now, I think, started an organization called Home Roots, where they would string yeah. together here in Canada a number of house concert presenters into full tours for artists to come up for 14 or 15 days or go to different parts of, uh, you know, out to the Maritimes or out west, or in, particularly in places where it was harder to string together a batch of lucrative dates or at least sustainable dates for artists. Uh, Al, have you ever played a Home Roots tour?
3: No, not uh, not officially, though I have uh, done some of the places that show up on Home Roots and I've had a bunch of friends who have done uh, Manitoba particularly has been a big one and uh, out in Alberta as well. Uh, there was a great having uh, just, as you say, a string, of, a string of gigs that you can put together. And for a solo act or a duo, maybe even a trio, uh, you can play those gigs. And, if, uh, and they fill in nicely because instead of having a day on the road where you have to spend money uh, on accommodation and food and just sitting around, Uh, You can play a house concert. Uh, It's a small venue, but it works The sun was setting
5: in the west and the birds were singing on every tree all nature seemed inclined for a rest but still there was No rest for me Farewell to Nova Scotia, your sea-bound coast Let your mountains dark and dreary be When I am far away, on the briny ocean tossed Will you ever heave a sigh, or a wish for me? I grieve to leave my native land and i grieve to leave my comrades all and my parents soon i hold so dear and the bonnie bonnie lass that i do adore farewell to nova scotia your sea-bound coast let your mountains dark and dreary be when i'm far away in the briny ocean tossed. Will you ever heave a sigh or a wish for me? The drums they do beat and the war's do alarm. The captain calls, we must obey. Farewell, farewell to your Nova Scotia charm. For it's early in the morning and I'm far, far away. brothers and they are at rest their arms are folded on their breast but a poor simple sailor just like me must be tossed and driven on the deep dark sea farewell to Nova Scotia, your sea-bound coast let your mountains dark and dreary be I am far away, on the briny ocean tossed, will you ever heave a sigh or a wish for me? Will you ever heave a sigh or a wish for me?
0: So Alan, in your career as a performing working musician,
3: um, have you played a lot of house concerts? I've played a number, and uh, mostly uh, in my life as a solo performer, uh, I've done those. I did one house concert with Tanglefoot back in the day, but we were five people. We were pretty big and boisterous, and it was somewhere in the D.C. area. I can't remember exactly where. We played a house concert, and the uh, decorations started coming off the bookshelves, <laughs> because we were really rocking. it was just it was acoustic, but we uh, we would stomp our feet and uh, people would get get into it and it literally we were knocking things off the shelves. So uh, we didn't do a lot of that with with Tanglefoot. I mean the band was just too big for it. Uh, but as a solo artist, it is really great to get in a room with, 25, 30, 35, maybe 40 people and be able to look everybody in the eye and just do a completely acoustic show. You don't have to worry about having the, the sort of fence of microphone stands and, and monitors between you and the audience. You just get to look everybody in the eye and the people who are sitting in the spit rows get wet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's but it's 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 like live live theater it's it, it is really something uh, something special
0: Um, even though you're from Canada and have lived much of your life in Canada uh, you've lived in the US as well and you've toured a fair amount in both countries and um, what would you say or how would you define the distinctions between the folk communities in Canada versus the United States? Because uh, as a performer, I feel a difference, and I can't quite put my finger on it, but there really is a, a difference between folk audiences in the United States and in Canada. And I, I have my own thoughts about it, but I'm curious to hear your, your thoughts on this.
3: I think people who come to folk music uh, tend to be in the same part of the political spectrum uh, in general, uh, but not always. And because, particularly with Tanglefoot, because we were doing historical historically based songs that we uh, we had written, uh, there were there was a contingent of people who were historical reenactors, for instance, who really liked what we did. Um, what I found was that, uh while the, the reenactors in Canada uh, had much the same political views that we did, some of the reenactors in the States uh, were farther to the right than we were. And as long as we stuck to the historically based stuff, um, we were all able to laugh about the conflicts between our countries, the War of 1812, which we learn lots about in Canada and is less spoken of south of the border.
0: Yeah, One of my favorites is the pig war on San Juan Island. Yes, been, the uh, San
3: Juan pig incident. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, we, we have had some conflicts, but we feel in general like we have put those behind us and we have the longest undefended border in the world. And so that's all good. And for the most part, it is good uh but every now and then uh somebody um in the states will uh take offense i think uh when they perceive that what we're doing is a little more left leaning uh than than they would be um we have some interesting discussions with people and most most people are uh willing to go through that process have a discussion and hear what we may have to say, we hear what they may have to say, and we may agree to disagree. However, in general, I, I must say that I, I feel like we get the, uh, a really warm reaction from American audiences, and sometimes even more than we do from Canadians, uh, perhaps because uh, Americans see us as something a little bit exotic and yet uh, we go through a show and we tell stories and we sing songs and then they see that we're really not so different and uh, they they often react really uh, really warmly to what we've done we've had tons of people uh, back in the day with Tanglefoot uh, but all the time say you know I've learned so much about Canada uh, from you that I never knew and, that's and That's Yeah, so if we can be uh, ambassadors for Canadian culture and Canadian history, that's, that's great. What a message. Such passion, much admired by so many. For the hope it inspired in the shackled, craving liberty's call to the poor and the hungry. He said, freedom for all, when he said, tear down this wall. For those waiting, he spoke from the heart. He said, don't keep the dreams and the dreamers apart. It's a birthright. They cannot be refused. Walls kill freedom that cannot be excused so he said tear down this wall tear down this wall that says they cannot come here tear down this wall listen to his words tear down this wall your strength will overcome your fear if you tear down this wall and build a better world So how do we feel today? Will we speak up with pride and say it's not freedom if it's fenced up inside? And will this new wall make us just as outraged? Will we cry out for justice, raise our voice and say as he said, tear down this wall, tear down this wall says they cannot come here, tear down this wall, live up to his word, tear down this wall, your strength will overcome your fear, if you tear down this wall, and build a better world, their pleading eyes look to us now, to see if what he promised will come true, Will we be ruled by our fears, or will we show the real strength He told us to? And if we cower behind a steel wall or a paper mountain, what then have we won? You see, our fear is the real wall that stands between them and their freedom. I stand here gazing at this wall that stretches on and on and seems to have no end at all and it keeps them on the other side what we promise will always be a lie until we tear down this wall. Mr. Gorbachev. Tear down this wall. It says they cannot come here. Tear down this wall. Live up to his words. Tear down this wall. Your strength will overcome your fear if you tear down this wall and build a better world. Tear down this just as he demanded, tear down this wall. Because it's what we're dreaming of. Tear down this wall. Do it in the name of freedom. Tear down this wall. Do it in the name of love. Do it in the name of love. Just as he demanded Tear down this wall Cause it's what we're dreaming of Tear down this wall Do it in the name of freedom Tear down this wall Do it in the name of love Do it in the name of love
0: one of the things that I have noticed as a touring performer um, coming up to Canada and as a songwriter um, that to me feels different about the Canadian folk music community is that folk music um, never fell off the radar as a viable commercial medium in Canada. In the music industry in the United States, you know, somewhere in the early to mid 70s, folk music just kind of fell off the table as a viable commercial medium, and and lots of other genres took over that airspace. And I think some of that was political. You mentioned that folk music tends to be more progressive in terms of the content and the audiences. Um, And uh, certainly that's true of many veins within the the very large tent that is folk music. But I think there is a shift uh, between the two, in my experience, in that there are people uh in canada who still revere folk music every bit as much as they would you know rock or jazz or classical or you know other forms of pop music and in the united states in my lifetime mostly it was kind of an underground genre and i come to canada and i see people you i mean you have these huge music festivals you have um you know a a music scene here that celebrates the work of acoustic music and folk musicians in a way that is, to me, disproportionate per capita in Canada to, to what it is in the States. I mean, it, it represents per capita a much larger percentage of the folk music community. Uh, so much so that when I was coming across the border once, I was working on an album in Toronto with Ken Whiteley, and the border crossing guard at, at Niagara, when I was coming across, asked me why I was entering Canada. I said, oh, I'm, working on, I'm working on an album with uh, Ken Whiteley in Toronto. She said... Ken Whiteley? The musician Ken Whiteley? And I started talking, she said, oh, I love Ken Whiteley, I see him at these festivals. And she started talking about places she'd seen Ken Whiteley, and I thought, this would not happen in a million years for me entering the US. And it just fascinated me that the border crossing official, like my whole experience of heading into Canada was smoothed over by the fact
3: that I was friends with Ken Whiteley. And I thought, wow, Ken Whiteley
0: even has pull with immigration in Canada. That's
3: impressive. By contrast, uh, going into the U.S., uh, I've often been asked what I'm going in for. And I'll say to play a concert or two. And they'll say, what kind of music do you play? And so as to appear as innocuous as I might, I uh, will say it's Canadian folk music, and usually uh, the border guards just glaze over and say, "Yeah, okay, off you go." Um, but if they ever respond with with anything else, um, those who who uh, have any familiarity with with folk music will mention Gordon Lightfoot or Neil Young and that that's that's as far as it gets um, yeah i'm i'm sure that uh, Ken Whiteley wouldn't <laughs> or or <laughs> a, a US counterpart would would not ring a bell with yeah, uh, it's, US customs which is always
0: fascinating to me because of course Ken Whiteley really is um... You know, quite famous in the world of folk in Canada. Oh yeah, uh, he and is. his brother Chris. Um, yeah, uh, and uh, and even in the states, a lot of people in the folk world would know who Ken is. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, I just find it interesting that 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 per capita folk music takes up a much larger piece of the collective consciousness in Canada than
1: I think it, does it does in the United States.
3: Yeah, and uh, Ken, uh, yeah, part of uh, part of Ken's life is uh, his part in Borealis Records Uh, and that is just a a wonderful thing, Uh, a record label that focuses on nothing but Canadian folk music.
0: You're listening to My Highway Home with Joe Jenks on Folk Music Notebook.
6: darkness comfort me Lord please touch my heart When the dawn breaks with its light I can make a star In the night Sing glory to
2: your name In the night Sing glory to your name How can I comprehend the greatness of your way Yet your greatness manifest upon my three days.
5: In the night, sing glory to your name. In the night, sing glory
2: to your name. when I'm lost and in despair, Lord, I need
6: you Then You can't take a broken man and make me whole again.
7: In the night,
2: glory to your name. In the night, say glory to your name. Well, in the time through night and day, feel you open up, Help me see beyond the sight and make your spirit ring. In the night, sing glory to your name. In the night, sing glory to your name. In the night.
0: Wendy. Uh, yes. <laughs> so how did you and Al meet? Oh, no.
4: <laughs> you know how this whole thing got started? <laughs> um, so I was actually, I was a single mom in the States, living in Ithaca, New York. And um, as I was starting to get my feet under me and like be be this single mom and be very independent, um, I... Decided I was going to start doing things for myself. So I started going to um, Bound for Glory uh, with Phil Shapiro and um, That's been going on since 1967 and it was a free concert uh, at a cafe and they do half-hour sets and they play live music uh, during the sets and then um, there's a break and they do three sets. So I started going, I went, I don't know, twice maybe with a friend and I was like, okay, I really like live music. Um, and then the third time I went, uh, Tanglefoot was playing. And Mm. so these, I'm, you know, I, am I actually at that time had embraced being single and a single mom. And I see these five guys coming onto the stage kind of dripping with testosterone and <laughs> <laughs> and singing love songs and things from the heart. And I thought, wow, this is interesting. So I actually, I bought a CD of theirs and then uh, really enjoyed them. And with the friends I was with said, oh, we should go see them again. I have never, other than maybe James Taylor, followed a, a band around or a group around, Um But my friend said, hey, they're playing up in Syracuse, we should go again. And I said, okay. So we went up to, actually, I think it was Binghamton was the next one. And so I went to another show um, and bought another CD. And then my friend said, hey, we should go again. And so we went up to Syracuse. So anything that was within maybe an hour from Ithaca, And we went, and I didn't have, I went to the show, and I didn't have enough money to buy a CD, but there was another CD I wanted. And the guitar player, Steve Ritchie, um, said, well, you can have the CD. So I was $5 short of the CD. So I went onto their website, found the only email address, which was the bass player, Al. um, And I sent an email saying, hey, you know, I've seen you several times. Um, I bought some CDs. I owe you five bucks, where do I send it? And he wrote back an email saying, wow, not only do we meet interesting people, but honest ones. Mm -hmm. And he said, here's where you send the money. And so then we started this email correspondence, completely platonic um, and uh, back and forth for about three months. And then he went on tour to England. Uh, And when he was in England, I realized that I missed like there's not as much Internet connection, I guess, during that time. Um, And I missed our correspondence. And I realized that this platonic correspondence meant a lot to me. So I looked (laughs) I looked on their website and saw they were playing in Pennsylvania, which was a little bit farther for me. But I wrote an email saying, hey, you know, we've interacted a lot with each other. Um, I had sent him a picture of me so because I knew what he looked like. (laughs) Um, And I said, we've interacted a lot, but we're missing something. We're missing the, the smile and the laugh and the touch and the, you know, how about we meet each other? And he said, wrote back as soon as you, I think, landed. What a gem of an idea. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and
4: so I got a bunch of friends together to go to Pennsylvania with me, and one bu- to the show where there was a meet the feet reception. It was a um, a benefit concert for women and children.
3: Yeah, it it was uh, at Misericordia uh, College, and they were they had a program so that single moms. Uh, could get daycare for their kids and they could finish their high school or do some college courses and just uh, improve their status in the world uh, so that they were better able to take care of themselves. And we were really happy about, about doing that because that seemed like a, like a really great idea. So they had a... It's a nice little, uh, little college and uh, they had uh, an art gallery so they had a wine and cheese reception, uh, in the afternoon before we, uh, before we played the show and, uh, there were tickets for the, for the actual concert, but there was a special ticket for people who wanted to come to this meet the feet reception in the afternoon.
4: A, a group of my, there were about five of us that were going to go down to Misericordia and on the day that we are few as the days to leave were coming, um, all my friends started backing out and I thought, Oh my gosh, am I really going to go down to Pennsylvania to somebody I've been sending emails to who I don't even know who would, if, if I've really been sending emails, but I, but I'm trusting, like this, this internet thing, right? I never actually talked to him on the phone. All my friends backed out. So I said, all right, I'm going. So I drove down to misericordia and in my head, I was going to get a hotel room go pick up my ticket because I had bought it ahead of time plus the meet re- the feet reception and then meet him like see him at the meet m- the feet reception but meet him after the show that was this is what my plan was and I got there picked up a coffee at a I don't know gas station I said where's the hotel in, around in Dallas Pennsylvania and they said there's no hotels here you have to go back to I don't know where it was wilkes Wilkesbury or, or something Well, an hour back from where I came from I was like, oh, okay, well, plan B, I'll pick up my ticket, I'll go to the the meet-the-feet reception, I'll meet him after the show, that's my plan. So I went, found where I picked up my tickets, or ticket, and the woman was like, oh, you came all the way from Ithaca, come with me, I'll introduce you. I'm like, no, 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 I I have a plan, (laughs) I'm gonna, (laughs) I'm gonna... Go to the Meet the Feet reception and meet him after the show. He said, no, no, they're so nice. Come on, come on, just come with me. I'm like, oh, okay, couldn't say no. So I go in, and she's like, they're sound checking. I'm like, oh, don't, don't bother them. No, no, it's okay. She's like, no, no. And we go into the theater, and there was nobody there other than Steve, who had sold me that CD for $5 less, came out, and he said, oh, Al's expecting you. And I thought, okay, all right, well, that's not too bad. He said, "Come with me." So this big guy with long dark hair goes out into the parking lot, and he's like, "Get into my car." I'm thinking, my mother told me never to do this. (laughs) Mama told me (laughs) not to (laughs) go. But I thought, okay, well, well, I'm here now, and so I get into his car, and I think he may have realized that that was unusual and he said do you want to see a picture of my boy Connor and he so showed me a picture he had a little picture of his son on the dash so I figured he couldn't be an axe murderer he has a picture of his son like how bad could it be and he drives me across the campus and across to some townhouse and he said I'll go wake out come with me I'm like wake him no no I'll, (laughs) I'll meet him after the show it's okay trying to like Back paddle here yeah. and uh I'm we... not a psycho
0: fan girl I'm not a psycho <laughs>
1: fan girl <laughs> that's right. yeah, that's right. <laughs>
4: uh, <laughs> so then uh we go into the living room and he goes to wake you and then uh, Al comes wa- striding out into the living room and I stood up and I threw my arms around him and I said old friend it's been forever and we've been together ever since
3: and and that was exactly what it felt like we we had You know, never been in the well. We had been in the same room at the same time, but don't. But had never, you know, never spoken a word. Never actually looked in each other's eyes. But it just felt like we had known each other forever.
7: Door. it's all i'm living for release yourself from misery there's only one thing gonna set you free and that's my love
0: To meeting Al and meeting Tanglefoot, um, had you been tracking folk music much at all?
4: Uh, well, I grew up with like Pete Seeger and Arlo Guthrie and Woody Guthrie. That's kind of my my dad's music, um, and uh, so I, that sort of was on my radar. But it, I wasn't. I, it was really live music that I liked to listen to. Mm-hmm. So when Tanglefoot came in, I thought, wow, blown away by it and the harmonies and everything. Um, but I didn't think I would marry a folk musician. <laughs> um, I think part of uh, part of my independence of being a single mom and being very independent actually helped us have a relationship because he was gone 150 to 200 days a year. Um, so I, I continue to be a single mom when he's on the road or solo mom, I should say. (laughs) And, uh, and then when he was home, he was a hundred percent home. So, um,
3: and that worked really nicely, uh, because even being out on the road, 150 days a year, I mean, that sounds like a lot of, well, it is a lot of time away, but that means that I was, I was at home for about 200 days a year. And yeah, as Wendy says, when I was there, I was really there. Uh, so, uh, I was able to, uh, you know, take care of the house, take care of, uh, our daughter. And then when our son came along, take care of him as well. And, uh, do, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of household stuff when I, when I was at home and then I'd be out on the road and it was all very exciting. Like both, both halves of that. Um, I, I often said to people that being, for me, uh, being on the road was, uh, as exciting as being at home and being at home was exciting as, as being on the road. I just, I loved both halves of my life. Um, and
0: uh, and then you have a child together mm-hmm. yeah. um, which I know has been a source of extraordinary joy for both of you um, absolutely and uh, and it coincided I think for you al with a, a period in your career
3: when you did have more time at home than you'd had earlier in your career It's, uh, it's true and uh, it was uh, that that was um, the the uh, last um, Six or seven years i guess of of uh, tanglefoot uh we we were uh, kind of cruising it was it was nice uh we were uh, moving along comfortably and and uh and then uh by the time Ashton was uh, seven, i guess uh we decided that it was time to retire tanglefoot uh, we the The band had existed for Thirty years, uh, I'd been in it for about seventeen years, and we just felt like we had accomplished what the creators of that band had had set out to accomplish, uh, which was to sort of raise the profile of Canadian history and folklore and and what we called fake lore. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, if you don't have the facts, you just make them up. It's uh, you know never let that stand in the way of writing a good song uh it, it was a great thing but we we felt like yeah it's it's time to move on so we retired the band and uh it was it was great uh because i got to uh, <coughs> to hang to hang out at home uh most of the time you know i i stopped being on the road 150 days a year um i started doing some uh, some solo work Uh, but that was at a, at a much more leisurely pace. And, uh, so it was, it was really nice, uh, in terms of, of being a dad. I got to spend more time with the with the kids and more time going to parent teacher interviews and and things like that. And
0: and you say this with a smile on your face, oh, which is what's remarkable because you know, so people are like, "Oh my God, another PTA thing," and you're like,
3: "Yes, I got to go. How exciting!" You know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I it it's uh, as you know, uh, being a musician means that you often miss occasions. Uh, And, you know, my mom always said to me, like, I'd be on the road and and I'd call her on Mother's Day and say, I'm sorry, I can't be there, you know, uh, because I'm in Winnipeg or I'm in Carolina or whatever. And she'd say, it it doesn't matter. You know, it's not what you do on one day of the year, you know, on Mother's Day or on my birthday or whatever. It's, you know, it's, you know, it's what you're like. And so I, I took that to heart and I never felt too badly about missing occasions but I did miss occasions I would be away for my own birthday I would be away for our anniversary or for the kids birthdays and we would just celebrate earlier or later but um but when when it came uh came time that I could actually be there for those occasions on the occasions I I I loved it
8: heavy rain it's winter here Roads become rivers, houses on stilts, sink a little. Trees travel downstream, and I'm having the strangest dreams. Crazy imaginings of a life that could be. It's fragrant spring here. the traffic is thick all the houses the same press board with plastic siding there's a beat to this living I started thinking that I made the whole thing up there's a beat to this living and I started thinking that I made the whole thing up that I made the whole In a jumbled mess, in a jumbled mess. And I'm trying to decide if they should be put to paper. And maybe, maybe a stamp on an envelope a on... is a good idea. Or is it naive to think two worlds can dance without causing craters to form? There's a beat to this living I started thinking that I made the whole thing up There's a beat to this living I started thinking that I made the whole thing up I made the whole thing up I made the whole thing up, I made the whole thing up. I could leave and not miss you.
0: Uh, I'm curious, Wendy, to to hear your thoughts. Uh, you know, this uh, Al found a balance that worked for him. How was this working for you when he was, you know,
4: away? Sometimes it worked, and sometimes it didn't. Um, <laughs> I, there, there, there's ups and downs in everything. Um, there were times where we would play this uh, game of like. Well, the travel day, like say he was gone for four days and during that four days I had a lot to do. He would say, OK, well, the day I leave doesn't count and the day I come back doesn't count. So I'm actually only gone for two days. And I would say, "Oh, OK, it's only two days that I have to deal with. Right. So um, we do that. Or when you went to England for eight weeks, um, that was a tough one for me. Um, but he actually I think you said you were going for three months. So that eight weeks wasn't so bad.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You can play that game in both directions. Um,
4: And then, but that, that eight week, uh, what had happened there, um, he was gone for eight weeks. We had just had Ashton, um, was maybe three months old when you left. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I was, I was going back to work, um, during that time and trying to juggle this little guy. And he was gone. And when I went to pick him up at the airport, I had this little baby and I had this brilliant idea that I was going to ask someone to hold my baby and I was going to take a like, five-year-old child and be like, here's Ashton, look how long you've been gone for.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: but nobody would take my baby or to let me take their child. <laughs> so, um,
3: I must say, I, I feel like you dealt with it uh, very well you know i mean there were there were little little moments there was a, a an incident oh. with a bottle of Gatorade <laughs> uh, which got a little out of hand but that, that was, was that was my. i got to tell the story yeah, <laughs> just sure. cuz I, I
4: i want you to hear it so i found uh, the way i dealt with it is i knew i had about a 3 day limit where i didn't talk to him where i felt our relationship would be stretched after, if, if it went longer than three days, if I spoke to him within those three days, I was good. I felt grounded again. As soon as I heard his voice, all the, all the pain or sorrow or upsetness or anything would just disappear. But after three days, I would just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't good. So, um, I had, I, I had hurt my shoulder, I guess, in a rock climbing accident injury. Hmm. And, um, I was, you were on the road and I was still working and everything and getting by. And we had this really big bottle of Gatorade, red Gatorade. And day one went by and he didn't call me. And day two went by and he didn't call me. And this was before we all had cell phones uh, like they are. Um, Day three went by and he didn't call me. And at day three in the evening, I woke up at like two in the morning And I said, he didn't call me, oh my gosh, like he knows I have this three day limit and I was upset. So I was like, okay, well, I'm just gonna get something to drink and I'll go back to bed. So I had this big bottle of Gatorade, a hurt shoulder, and I'm trying to open the Gatorade and I couldn't open it. And I'm trying and trying to get the top off. And finally I was like so angry, I picked the Gatorade up and throw it on the ground. I'm like, if he had just called, this wouldn't be a problem. And the Gatorade decided to open at that point when it smashed onto the ground. And red Gatorade went all over the kitchen, everywhere. And I was two in the morning going, oh, my gosh. So I'm trying to pour water on it, mop up this Gatorade, angry, even angrier now, right, just adding fuel to the fire. And the cat comes and starts licking the Gatorade, and you're stepping on the floor, and it's like... (laughs) you know, walking on the floor and I was just upset. And so then the next morning he calls me day four now. And I said, Oh buddy, (laughs) we have a problem. And I tell him the story about the Gatorade. And I said, you know, I picked it up, smashed on the ground. What, what are we going to do about this? And he said, get smaller bottles of Gatorade. (laughs) It, it it
3: actually diffused the situation. <laughs> it, it did. A He's bit. lucky. <laughs> we we still had to deal with it, and and I did I did learn uh, I was still learning at the time about the the limits of the uh, the three day uh, no conversation rule, um, but um, yeah, sometimes I'm slow to pick up on these things, but I I did pick that up, and we have not gone. Uh, more than three days ever since uh, mm-hmm. without talking.
1: Ooh, 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 ooh,
9: ooh. Oh, my, oh, my, oh, you have gone and left me mystified. Oh, I, oh, I i never been this satisfied Oh I was in trouble Out of sorts and all unglued yeah, Fixed my broken heart And turned my dark skies to blue Oh my Oh my Will you have gone and left me mystified Oh well And you caught me with your spell Oh well, oh well I bell rang the birds and how I fell. I've been rolling and tumbling and stumbling on the ground But things are looking off on me now that you have come around oh well oh, I wasn't looking and you caught me with your spell Oh baby you're giving my heart Oh run for its money You're making me laugh cause all oh, y'all so funny And your kisses are true and sweet as honey And when you do the things you do Oh well, tell me what's a girl to do Oh, oh. It's money. Mm A halo and a smile as bright as sun Oh my, oh my How divine of you to go and catch my eye Oh how'd you do it? Divine of you to go and catch my eye I'm going through it Divine, fine of you to go
7: Go and catch my eye
0: You're listening to My Highway Home with Joe Jenks on Folk Music Notebook if you had advice to share with spouses, male or female, or other, if you had the opportunity to share some advice with spouses who are staying at home while their partners are, are hitting the road, what are some of the things that you would want to share at this point? You know, you've found clearly a a good balance you're, you're, you know, Twenty years plus into this relationship and connection, and the nuances and complexities of of, of sharing space and parenting, and you know uh, the economic ups and downs of, of two people who have chosen slightly unorthodox pathways <laughs> through the world. Uh, nonetheless, you've found ways to make it work. I'm curious, from your side, uh, as the one who usually was at home, mm-hmm. um, what what would you share with with people about you know what's worked for you.
4: The, the thing that, that when, when he was in Tanglefoot and he was on the road so much, the thing that really worked for me is he a hundred percent loved what he did. He a hundred percent loved being on the road and he a hundred percent loved being home. Um, and we would get fan mail and we would get praises from people when I could go on the road and I would hear the audience and how much he touched people's lives. I was constantly reminded of the good work that he did. And that, that's bigger than anything. Like, so that kept me going. Um, And then the other thing that kept me going is our communication, is really keeping (laughs) the lines of communication open, that um, being able, like I would keep lists of things I wanted to talk about with him. And then when he call, I have a list to go through. Um, and the, the one thing I would say that we n- didn't always get right was right before he left. Oh yeah. Um,
3: yeah, the, the going on the road fight, it w- it became a feature, uh, of our, of our lives we we would find something and it was usually nothing <laughs> of significance but it would be enough of an irritant that we could get wound up about that and we kept scratching our heads about this why is it that you know every time i go on the road you know of all times you know and and i would get like you know a, a couple of miles down the road and i would start to well up and i would think what the heck was going on there like why you know, why did I just leave, you know, in, in that sort of unpleasant way? And we think that maybe what we were trying to do was make it easier to be apart because, you know, it's hard to be apart from someone that you're, that you're madly in love with. It's a little easier to be apart from someone you're pissed off
4: with. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and, and maybe that's, yeah. that's what we were somehow unconsciously
4: But literally, it would be ten minutes down the road. We'd be calling each other, saying, "I'm so sorry," and like, but it was the, and it wasn't always, but it was often.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's true. Not not every time, but but more often than than you would expect.
4: And so we would, we got better towards the end. We'd say, "Is this one of those? Am I about to go on the road?" Okay, we're having one of these little arguments. Let's talk about it. So it's really. That recognizing what the problem was or what was happening and being there and, and, and managing it at the moment that it happens.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I really think there is something to that idea that, that, um, you know, if you create enough friction, it's easier to walk out the door. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, that's I, I think you know you you could pull a thousand of our colleagues uh, on either side of the border uh, yeah. <laughs> and and you know a thousand out of a thousand would say that they have had that experience yeah uh, in one form or another
3: and it's probably good for for people on on both sides of, of this kind of relationship to remember is that you know I mean both of you you um, are, are, are gonna be dealing with separation, but the person who is staying at home um, is bearing more of the weight uh, because, you know, as a performer, you're, you're going out to do something that's exciting and that you love. And it, it is, it's, a, it's a completely joyous occasion uh, to be, you know, going out to play shows. Whereas staying at home Doing
4: laundry isn't um, joyous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: Can, that it, depends on first. how Buddhist you are. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Chop wood, carry water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. There's a there's a great Buddhist saying that says, uh, "Before enlightenment, laundry. <laughs> After enlightenment, laundry." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's true, and yeah. and I guess if you're if you're enlightened, you see it you see it that way and laundry doesn't seem so bad. It's just, it's just part of the process. But you know, I, I think, uh, probably for Wendy being at home, uh, when, when I was leaving to go on the road probably meant not only did she have to do everything that she already did, which was go to work, do a full-time job, be a mum uh, run the house. Uh, but it meant that she had to do it all by herself. You know, that I wasn't, I I wasn't there to, to cook and clean and do the unenlightened laundry. Mm -hmm. So.
4: Yeah. um, I also, I think because we had children, I also, um, when he was on the road, I didn't want them to think Oh this is so lonely what a terrible existence I don't have my partner with me um, so we I would do lots of things with the kids that would help get through the time and some of the things we would do is would be make a chain of when does dad get home and every time a day would go by we'd tear off a chain so the chain would get smaller or we would oh, cool. um we would make a chart and we put stickers on it for how many days and every when we got to the end he was coming home that day so there were things that we did to try to like make it like oh, this is so normal
3: <laughs> and it was That's great. Uh, you know for yeah. us it was <clears throat> that that was normality. Mm-hmm. I was I was on the road a lot. left behind that day. First on mountains, silver giants crash from the grass
0: Of you for the last decade, most of the last decade, have been engaged in career choices that bring you joy, that uh, take advantage of your natural talents and skill sets and the, the gifts that you have to give to the world. And the kind of, you know, love and tenderness and joy that I experience walking into your home is a reflection, I think, of the fact that, that not only do the two of you love each other, you love what you do in the world. And so you, you come home filled with a a certain sense of, of wonder and joy that you share with each other, as opposed to the people that unfortunately are in jobs that they loathe. And they both come home having loathed their jobs and, and it's harder for them to find joy in the home. Mm -hmm. And the joy between you is
3: evident every time I see you. (laughs) It's, it's such a delight to witness. (laughs) Well, it's, it, it, it's nice when that works. And, you know, I mean, there uh, you know we have the the face that we show the world and it's not like we have a perfect relationship you know but, but nobody we, does <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but no but but we we do keep working at it but i feel you're you're right that we are we're really fortunate uh, in, in those times, you know, being a road musician, uh, is, is hard work. And there's a lot of, you know, just driving uh, down the road and, you know, it not, not very exciting. And, uh, it's, it's taxing in its, in its own way, but, uh, you know, at the end of it, uh, you know, I get to play music and that's, that's wonderful. And I think, um, it's, probably similar for Wendy. At I two
4: in the morning, getting a page. Yeah. Oh, a page at two in the morning, but then driving to that berth. So, I love it.
6: <laughs> I ain't gonna work tomorrow I ain't gonna work today Ain't gonna work tomorrow Lord, what that is my wedding day I love my mama and my papa love my mama and my papa too love my mama and my papa too and I'd leave them both to go with you I ain't gonna work tomorrow I ain't gonna work today ain't gonna work tomorrow lord for that is my wedding World, been all around this country, Lord, for the sake of one rising sun. I ain't gonna work tomorrow. I ain't gonna work today. song i'm leaving you a lonesome song leaving you this lonesome song because i'm gonna be gone before long i ain't gonna work tomorrow i ain't gonna work today ain't gonna work tomorrow lord for that is my wedding day i ain't gonna work tomorrow i ain't gonna
0: One of your songs that um, always struck me as carrying a, a shocking amount of wisdom uh, was the one that has the tagline, men fall in love with women, women fall in love with potential. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> and that uh, that was inspired by Wendy. Uh, and those those were the actual words that, that came out of her mouth because we had been discussing a couple that we knew who had seemed to be doing fine. Uh, and then they got married and things got kind of rocky and I said, what's, what's with that? They always seem to be fine. And now it's, it's like, she's trying to make him into something else. And, and Wendy said, said those words, you know, that, you know, this is, this is the difference (laughs) between men and women. Men fall in love with women. Women fall in love with a man's potential. And I thought... (sighs) That's a song. Mm. And and yet you seem to have fallen in love with, with the man
0: himself and all of his glorious imperfection.
4: (laughs) We, we call it flaws and all like new flaws and all. Yes. We (laughs) musician with flaws and all.
3: (laughs) <laughs> sort of like shirts with rats on. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was, it does sound like a marketable product. Yeah, claws it doesn't close all, uh, claws and all. <laughs> yeah. My mama raised me up with love and kindness, made sure I was clothed and fed. She read me a story and she sang me a song every night when she tucked me in bed. Thought I might become a doctor or a lawyer, not a storytelling musical bum. I always loved her for what she was. She loved what I might have become. <laughs> well, I remember my first day of kindergarten, the moment I met Mary Lou. I was captivated by the sound of her voice. Her blonde hair and eyes of blue She said, you're the kind I want from my boyfriend I said, let's play doctor for fun She said, you'll have more fun playing house Put on an apron, you'll be the mom We all want a lovers to have that certain something Just ask anyone what's essential Men fall in love with women, women fall in love with potential. A mark from my high school science teacher, a B-minus suited me well. I was thinking about the swing of her skirt and that intoxicating French perfume smell she thought i might set the world on fire you could be another einstein she'd say i loved her eyes and chanel number five she'd love me if i would got an a we all want to love us to have that certain something just ask anyone what's essential a man fall in love with women women fall in love with potential? Then I met a college girl when my band was playing Our freshman year in the fall She was pretty and pleasant and she drove a Trans Am For me that about said it all We had so much fun in that car, in the bars On vacation in the sun and the sand she said let's spend forever together and by the way when will you be quitting the band we all want our lovers to have that certain something just ask anyone what's essential a man fall in love with women women fall in love with potential Her legs look, smile, soul, beauty, or brains. We fall for a woman, hoping she'll stay the same. When she finds her Mr. Right, it's strange. She says, you are the perfect man for me. Now here's what needs to change. So if you meet a woman who sees your potential, maybe you should stop being yourself. Change your car, your clothes, your hair, your habits. Start acting like somebody else. And then if she should ask you to make a few changes, you could happily do that for her. And she'll feel like she's bringing you to your potential while you change back into what you were. So I got about this far with the song, and as I often do with a new song, I played it for Wendy, and I said, what do you think? And she said, that's great. That is so clever. That's just a wonderful song. That's a, If you could change verse two. <laughs> she didn't. She really didn't. No, what, what, she, what she actually did say was, well, that that seems a little cynical. Do you really feel that way? And I said, well, not about us. (laughs) But then I just thought maybe I should write another verse to be sure. So I met this charming and beautiful woman. I could tell that she was perfect for me. She warmed my heart and she made me laugh. I must admit, I was head over heels. I asked her what kind of man she'd want, and to be him, what I'd have to do. She smiled at me and said, do me a favor. Honey, just keep being you. We all want love, lovers to have that certain something. Just ask anyone what's essential. I fell in love with a woman who knew that I had reached my potential. We all want a lover to have a certain something. Just ask anyone what's essential. Men fall in love with women. Women fall in love with potential.
0: Al, Wendy, thank you both so much for taking time to talk with with us today and to talk with uh, the listeners of My Highway Home and share some of your story and your years together and navigating um, such a beautiful life.
3: You're so welcome. Thank you for doing this. And thanks for doing radio, because folk music belongs on the radio where everyone can hear it. Thank you.
4: Thanks, Thank
3: you. Wayne. Thanks for having us. Yeah. And thanks to Ron and Folk Music
0: Notebook for creating the opportunities for folk-centered programming. You've been listening to My Highway Home with Joe Jenks, celebrating music, art, culture, and community from the driver's seat. This week's show featured an interview with Canadian musician Al Parrish and his wife, Wendy Pearl, as well as an entirely Canadian lineup of musicians and songs, including chantin Le Moulin by Galicia, Farewell to Nova Scotia by Dave Gunning, God Bless Us Everyone by Maria Dunn, Tear Down This Wall by Al Parrish, Richie Parrish Richie, In the Night by Ken Whiteley, let My Love Open the Door, performed by Gathering Sparks, Eve Goldberg, and Jane Lewis. Ecuador, by Ariane Marie Lemire. Oh My, by Susie Vinnick. Longview, by Richie Parrish Richie, Ain't Gonna Work, performed by Kim Beggs. Potential, by Al Parrish. And Mela, by Galicia. Special thanks to Ron Lesco and Folk Music Notebook. Charlie Pilser at Tonal Park in Tacoma Park, Maryland, and to my guests, Al Parrish and Wendy Pearl. My Highway Home is recorded and produced by Joe Jenks. All interviews copyright 2020, Joe Jenks, Turtle Bear Music. Thank you for listening.